Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the first Bible and Banter of 2022. Yay! Um, Happy New Year. I, I'm joined with uh, everyone's favorite co-host, Mikey Alex, and I, of course, am Eric Reynolds, and uh, we're happy to be with you and that you're joining us today on this beautiful Tuesday. I would say beautiful, uh, at least where I'm at. Yesterday was awful. Like It was like incredibly windy. Um, but what's the temperature in Maine today? I, what was the temperature of where you were first? Uh, uh-oh. Mike, I I lost you there for a second. Hey, can you hear me now? I don't know if that's on me or you. Hold on one sec. Uh-oh. I think my... Uh, hold on, Mike. Okay. I'm sorry about this. So my uh, AirPods just got disconnected from my computer. Way to go, hold Mac. On. Hey. Oh, there we go. Boom. We're back. We're back. Of, of all the times you give me crap about my stuff. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> uh, I guess I should be plugged in. I don't know. But uh, yeah, man. So so what were you saying? I'm sure the audience heard you. I just didn't hear you. Well, no, I was just asking. You said your, your stuff was crappy yesterday because it was windy. But how cold was it yesterday? In the th- It was in the 30s at one point. Yeah, it was I, really crazy because, like, yeah. they started off at 60 in the morning and then got progressively mm-hmm. uh, colder. Yeah, we're in a cold stretch where I woke up this morning and it was uh, two degrees. Zero two. Yeah. yeah. Like single digits. Single digits. Two degrees. Yeah. yeah. Golly, man. Yeah. Did you so, even, I'm so. surprised you even made it to work, man. I just call it, like, I'm just staying in bed <laughs> at that point. Uh, it's yep, two I, degrees out. Oh yeah, we're we're in a little bit of a stretch. Although, but it's been weird global climate change um, because right now it's 21 degrees and it's going to be 42 degrees tomorrow. Mm. <laughs> so right now it's cr- crazy, and B- Bickford's got it worse because he's like in the mountains area, and so it's gonna. Yeah, I'm sure it was minus six. Well, with Bickford, it's like it can't be cold enough for him. I know. The colder, I- the better. I, re- I respect people that have that view. I'm just not one of them. I just and the thing with the thing about Bigford is he's skinny as a rail. He's got mm-hmm. like probably three percent body fat, and it's not because he works out. I think he just has a really high metabolism, or yeah. he eats, or he eats better than you and I do. Um, yeah. Genetics. I feel like Genetics play I feel a like, lot in, in that stuff. Yeah, I feel like fat boys like you and me could handle the cold better, but maybe that's not the case. No, I, I can tell you my fat does nothing. It just gives more space to get be cold. <laughs> I wonder I wonder if maybe it's because like maybe the higher your body fat percentage, I don't know if this is true, but I but I wonder if like your the higher your body fat percentage, the lower your blood flow, therefore you're going to be colder. I don't know. That's maybe. I'm sure there's some scientific study about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Nathaniel had like less than 10% body fat, mm-hmm. although I haven't seen him in a while. So, so Hey, maybe. Hey, nope. He was in church, uh, uh, a few weeks ago before I went on vacation and he, he's looking good. So, so, uh, let's get off of talking about Bickford's looks. Uh, cause I feel really uncomfortable about that. Um, how is it to have one of our foremost theologians, uh, in the denomination, one of the most well-trained and well, 
uh, I, I th- well-read pastor theologians in the denomination sitting before you in your congregation and you're preaching in front of them. Were you like just one, just hoping like, man, I hope I don't accidentally, you know, heresy. Um, no, I don't do that. It was, it's always terrifying being in the, the presence of such greatness. Mm-hmm. Um, but long have I f- f- given up any sensibilities that I can impress anybody. Uh, so, uh, especially when I decided to do a series Advent series, um, you know, going through some, as you've given me a hard time through hymns of Advent and yeah. seeing whether or not they're scriptural or not. Um, and so, and so, and, uh, I'm fairly certain he made that comment to his father also, cause his dad gave me a hard time. His dad didn't care, but he, any chance his dad can give me a hard time, he'll take it. I uh, I want to come visit your church, man, because uh, I want to only for the sole fact. Well, well, two things. There's two reasons I want to visit your church. One, I want to see you embarrass Erica, uh, and and two, I want to meet uh, Nathaniel's dad. I want to I want to meet Old Man Bigford. Uh, His parents are phenomenal. I'm just going to tell I you, bet. they are phenomenal people by, by and far. Well, Nathaniel is pro- Nathaniel is one of uh, my most trusted confidants. Uh, one of my one of my go to guys. One of the best friends I have in ministry. And, but he's he is convictional, meaning like he he's very convicted on certain things, and but he's also very gracious too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I imagine he he probably comes from good stock. One hundred percent. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah, you're probably blessed to have uh, a man of of character like his. I just imagine his dad's probably of great character yep. uh, as one of your elders. And so. his mother, mom is up there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, anyway, this is this isn't the Bigford Love Show. I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is Bible and banter. Um, <laughs> so, so we kind of have we kind of have like a whole bunch of different stuff we're going to talk about today. Um, so we don't have one specific topic. Mike and I were just kind of spitballing the other night talking about stuff. And in fact, um, a couple of weeks ago, I don't know if it was something like big church news, like meaning big evangelical news, or if it was like political news or something like that. But I remember it, it you was, and I texted it, back. It, it was um, a living proof minute. Beth Moore serving. Oh my and how goodness. Twitter fell apart. I could talk three hours about that. So, um, so yeah, let's get to that. Cause I texted you this morning and said, Hey man, do you remember what that was? And you said you had to think about it. And so, yeah, let's talk about Beth Moore a little bit later. Um, but we, uh, we're going to start off by sharing. So you and I decided that, um, everyone likes to do new new year's resolutions, or at least a lot of people do a lot of people and a lot of people do. Yeah. So, uh, first off, Mike, do you, do you do new year's resolutions? Do you, find them at no yeah me neither okay so i figured as much so i thought it would be fun for us to give each other three new year's resolutions three new year's resolutions so mike i have three things that i'm going to impress upon you that these are three things that you should do this new year you should focus on then i'm hoping that you have three things for me okay So, so you're going to go first. Let's alternate. Let's go back and forth. Okay. Cause okay. Just cause I have multiple things in my brain, but I kind of want to go feel the, get, get a feel for where you're going first. Mine are written down. Okay. Yours aren't written down. 
Well, 10 minutes before the podcast, because I was talking with Robin about this, but 10 minutes before we went on air, I was talking to her last night about what these would be. And I came up with two of them and I couldn't think, I couldn't remember them. Yeah. Uh, so I was panicking. And uh, so, but I eventually remembered. So here's my first one, Mike. Here's my first one. Uh, Mike, be it resolved that you, <laughs> that you in 2022 shall practice Mario Party and beat the Reynolds family at least once. And by the Reynolds family, I mean Robin and I, because because uh, we spanked it. We spanked you. Uh, it's last so time funny you say that because we because the boys wanted to play. We do family game night, and sometimes we'll allow video games. And last night we played Mario Party. Well, Mario Party is is a board game. It's a video board mm-hmm. game. I count that as a board game. Yep. Here's another one you should check out. I don't know if you've uh, we've played it sometimes. It's called Jackbox. Yes, um, we've played Quiplash on Jackbox with friends before. You've got to be careful because yes. there are some yeah. some adult con- there's some adult content on there, but you can put like um, restrictions on there so it's like family friendly and whatnot. Because we accidentally played one that was adult content and with the kids, and we're like we had to stop because thankfully the things were kind of over their head, but um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, not not necessarily appropriate. So, um, Jackbox is a great one. So I like playing. I, I count those types of things as board games. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Mikey, your turn. What's what's my um, resolution? Your resolution is when that uh, when you send a gift, okay. even a prank gift, okay, you don't don't give it away too early. Okay. Because that gift could have been so much worse with the glitter inside had you not like clued me into like tearing it open. Would you have tear- torn it open? I probably would have gotten frustrated and been like, you know what? Fine. <laughs> but, okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Now, what about the candle, man? Because you picked up on the candle fairly well, quick. Okay. Okay. Uh, full disclosure. So we're my wife and I are sitting on the couch thinking about how to get you back. Okay. Okay. And so we're looking online for different prank gifts and, and this, that, and the other thing. And she's like, oh, I wonder if they sell candles that say one thing. Like, say it smells like one thing, but smells like another. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And I Googled it, and we found this Apple one, but right next to it was this Christmas tree one. And I'm uh-huh. like, that looks identical. <laughs> <laughs> To the one that uh, you had sent me, mm-hmm. so yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, so, so what are you guys going to? Are you going to regift it? Yes. Okay, wonderful. Yeah. Oh, I think that's great. Um, once you regift that, I need to know, and I, I want, I want all the deets on that. <laughs> Done. <laughs> all right, uh, Mike. Be it resolved to not embarrass Erica in any of your sermons this year. Except for if I get the opportunity to come, to come visit your church, uh, I want you to embarrass Erica that that one sermon. That's so hard, dude. Because <laughs> I don't I don't do it intentionally. <laughs> I'm just an embarrassing person. I'm I'm pretty sure my church is embarrassed by me, let alone my wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know you know what though, Mike. I I bet your people, your church probably finds it endearing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's think. Po- let's keep things positive. <laughs> Did Erica know what she was getting herself into when when she got married to you? To a great degree, yes, but not entirely. Okay. 
Because yeah. weren't you weren't you called as the pastor of Blessed Hope prior to you guys getting married, like just prior to it? Yeah, so October of 2010, I was ordained on the 9th of October and then installed on the 10th, and we were married in December a couple months later. Okay, wow. So, But we got engaged before I had any thought of us, uh, me becoming pastor. Oh, uh, any th- you got engaged before you even thought you were going to be a pastor of the of Blessed Hope Church. Oh, okay, okay. I was, I was say working for the seminary. church, but I wasn't. I wasn't thinking about being the. So the was being the pastor. pastor like part of the dowry? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, all right, Mike. What's what's number two? What's my second? Uh, which which one do I want to go with? I I, I want to figure out how I want to. Um. This is why you should write it down, Mike. That's going to be my third resolution for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> this re- resolve to realize you're not as funny online as you think you are. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, that's very. <laughs> that's good. Uh, I'm probably like 25% as funny as I really think I am. That's okay. Um, Lastly, Michael, be it resolved that you shall love God and be merry for the year of 2022. Boom. I can do the love God part. I think I I I can grow in that. I think I can grow in that. The second half is going to be real tough. Real tough. But All right, how do I want to say this one? I challenge you. (laughs) I'm such an a-hole. I'm sorry. (laughs) Mike, you can't say this is a family program. You can't say that. I'm I'm such a jerk. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I (laughs) please resolve. (laughs) I'm so scared to say this. Okay. Resolve to 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 share your opinions with a bit more I could be wrong humility. (laughs) (laughs) So so uh, so essentially, be more humble is what you're saying. Yes. Point taken, Mike. Uh, <laughs> and I say that with love. I just, can I just give an example? Uh, sure, sure, sure. An example. Mike. And th- this is kind of just a, a funny one. Um, so you you you've all often shared how you love church planting and and all of that, and have de- and you've actually sent me some phenomenal things that you've developed when it comes to church planting and schematics and and plans and everything. Thank you. Well, you're not really going a good way of, of, of trying to but the, humble me. But I can't remember exactly what you said. <laughs> but it was something like, and we were just talking about how it can be done poorly and, and everything like that. But And then you made the statement, but I'm going to do it right. <laughs> like, like, it's just as simple as like... <laughs> <laughs> just do it my, my way and it's not going to be hard it's not going to it's not going to go wrong uh i do here's here's first off first off 
you're right. Uh, <laughs> you are, you've hit the nail on the head. I have long held that there is my way and the wrong way. Um, so, uh, and, and, and I understand that. And I'll, I'll say, I, I know it's a fault. I know it's a fault of mine. So, so I am aware and I do appreciate your admonishment and encouragement. Um, it is something, it is something I need to continue to work on. I will say this, the Lord continues to humble me. Um, and, and in a number of areas. So not just, not just that stuff. Um, but I, I appreciate that, Michael. Hey, and um, listen, I also say like a, a part two to that resolve, but also be encouraged because I need, I personally need people like you cause I'm the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I appreciate that about you as well. Well, I think, I think my, and let's, let's be real here for a moment. Let's get, uh, you know, we'll use this as a little bit of a counseling session. Part of, uh, I think part of my conviction over things in desire to do things the right way and say, well, this is the right way. Just do it the correct way is I do have a great sense of insecurity. Uh, like in, in, so I was just thinking about this. I just applied, um, actually I'm filling out the application now for the Berkshire scholarship, um, for seminary. And you have to list out, like your degrees earned degrees that, that you're working on and all that. I literally sat here yesterday for 10 minutes as I was filling it out and going, what the heck is wrong with me? So, (laughs) so, so, so check this, like, seriously, like I need, I do need to go see a psychologist. I get like, there's I'm tapped in the head. I get it. Um, But like, I've heard other people comment. Wow, I'm amazed at how much work you do, how like the the how many books you read, how much you write, and, and all this other stuff. Actually, Luke has shared that before. And I go, to me, it's not all that amazing because I, I have this like inferiority complex. Like I feel like I feel like I have to do these things to prove my own worth. So like I'm looking, right? And we'll get to some of this here in a moment, go into more depth over it. But I had to list the degree in which I'm seeking from Gordon Conwell. And it's a master of arts in Christian ministry. All right. Then I had to list all previous and current education in the institutions. You want me to read this to you, Mike? Now this is not, this is not meant to be a brag or a humble brag. This is meant to be an indictment of my own insecurities. Liberty university, bachelor of science, uh, 2016 Liberty university, MATS, August, 2021. Uh, Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, MTS, December 2022. Liberty University, Doctor of Ministry, December 2023. So conceivably, based on my education plan, at the end of the year 2023, I will have a bachelor's degree, three master's degrees, and a doctorate of ministry. That is not something to brag about. That is, I have serious issues. Uh, because it's all, it, the reason is that I, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to measure up to an impossible standard and a standard that I have created for myself because of my own insecurities. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Robin says, cause I'm a nerd. That's part of it. But like, I, I think I'm a nerd because that's what I need to be. Like I'm trying to measure up to something. Um, and some of that goes probably to some childhood trauma and all this other stuff, you know, all, yeah. all that stuff. I need to unpack elsewhere, but like that isn't, 
that isn't great, man. That's not mm-hmm. good. So, so all that poor, like goes into, Hey, this is why I think it's the right way. And if you think, if you think <clears> differently, <throat> um, you know, what's wrong with you, you know? Right. And it's like a, it's a defense mechanism, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you'll ask if you, if I want comment on my serious issues. Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> um, but like, I just have this, I have this, this sense of inadequacy for so many things. And especially for, for ministry in the pastorate and all that. Like I, I remember when I went through ordination and, and man, like, so two of the guys, here are two of the guys who are on my ordination committee. All right. Andy Rice and Nathaniel Bickford. Mm-hmm. Go, going through the ringer by those guys has been more difficult than any educational accomplishment I have achieved thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, because they, they, they find, they, they, they nitpicked every little thing that I said, every word I chose and all this other stuff, but it they, helped me be a better, be better, you know, or, or it just validated your insecurities. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah that too. <laughs> but like, I remember, I remember going through the process and also thinking like, man, how like I'm just a bumbling, stumbling idiot. Like mm-hmm. I don't uh, like I just and that's how and that they didn't make me feel that way. It's just the insecurities that I've had. I've always felt like I had to go above and beyond. So that's that's why I got I'm working on all, all these degrees probably, although some of them are working towards a certain ends, which I think is important. But um, I think the perceived lack of humility that I that I present. Um, I know I have a certain per, you know, the, the persona that I put out publicly, like on this podcast and, and in other places, um, a lot of it is, is more of a defense mechanism, like my own, my own mm-hmm. insecurity. So, mm-hmm. um, so, so maybe I should be a little bit more uh, vulnerable. Like maybe, maybe that should be my, see, I just did it again. I just told you how you were wrong about the, uh, <laughs> about the rhythm. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I'm gonna. I, I need to Google better help. How do I better help? <laughs> you know, speaking of better help, I actually, I never actually gave them my email address or anything, but I did their their uh, questions to kind of help match you with what their their people type of thing mm-hmm. right before vacation, and I am actually con- heavily considering pursuing that. Uh, the Lord be with you. And also with you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so Betty White died a few mm. days ago. That's, Man. Um, even that's, she didn't even she didn't want to do 2022. <laughs> that's uh that's tough, man. Like mm. Betty White is an icon. An icon. Um, you know what verse that makes me think of? Uh, the passage in James where where God says, you know, you make plans for tomorrow. Who are who do you think you are in making plans for tomorrow? Because you're just a mist and vapor. Like I'll go to this house, and it just makes me think of that because, like, for the past few weeks or even month, we, they've been all like broadcasting Betty White's 100th birthday and blah, 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 blah. And we're going to celebrate it, this, that, and the other thing. And she, 
she dies before that. It it just made me think of think yeah. of that. Um, I'm very sad by it because she was a, a unique a unique person, but yeah. it also made me realize, you know, what are we emphasizing? Yeah, and, and hold our plans very lightly. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so let's talk about let's talk about Beth Moore. Um, yeah. So. So, so why don't you share with the, um, cause I feel a rant coming on about this whole Beth Moore thing. Um, <laughs> so I think it would be best if you kind of set the table for us. Sure. So a couple weeks before Christmas, was it? Yeah, it was, it was almost yeah. right after, it was almost right after our show that we said, Hey, we're taking a couple weeks off for the end of the year. It was like, it was like the day after mm-hmm. a couple days after that. Yeah, or, talk about a time to take a break, huh? Yeah, and so apparent. I just popped onto Twitter just to see what's in the trash bin, and <laughs> all of a sudden, I just see different people I'm following either defending or getting on her case because apparently a picture was posted of Beth Moore in her Anglican church. I think helping to serve communion. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's what she was doing. Um. And and just people lost their marbles over it. Yes, just, just lost their marbles. Um, specifically, the ones losing their marbles were those who had took great offense to it, mm-hmm. uh, as if they were personally attacked by Beth Moore uh, in their own church. Um, and then people lost their marbles because people were lo- losing their marbles mm-hmm. uh, over it. So it, it was just a fascinating thing that I'm like, this is. This is just such a picture of how crazy we all, how crazily people respond to to things today. Whether you yeah. agree or disagree, just the the response to it was just out of control. And I even see that. I'll be honest. I see that in my own church. Seemingly mundane things that you should be able to just talk about turn into to nonsense and crazy. It also dis- it was a display of ignorance to the Anglican tradition as well. So. So the from my understanding, I'm not I'm not an expert in Anglicanism. Okay, right. so let me preface my my statement about it about this. I'm not I'm not an expert, but I've learned quite a bit, and I follow some folks who are Anglican and appreciate much of what they uh, what they contribute to the field of scholarly work. Um, so Beth Moore, um, Beth Moore, longtime SBC member. Like she, she was a longtime member of an SBC church. She served there. She is probably the most prominent female author um, within within the Christian faith. Um, always been very conservative theologically in the sense has a high view of scripture. Um, checks all the checks all the blocks, man. Like like phenomenal. And she felt a couple of years ago, uh, I think it's been a couple of years ago now, she felt that the SBC was no longer her home. So for, for a few reasons, and she listed some of those, but she wasn't like taking parting shots. And in fact, her statements were talking about her love for the Southern Baptist convention, how well um, uh, she's been served by it and been blessed by it. Um, talked about all the wonderful things and essentially tried to back away quietly. Now, the difficult thing is that when you're trying to back away quietly and you have such a prominent voice, you know, because she has so many Twitter followers and people read her books and all that, that is difficult um, to back away quietly in today's day and age when you have that kind of 
um, stage. But I think she, it was admirable the way that she did. I, I admire her. I admire her considerably. There were issues within the SBC of people. You know, the SBC takes a stance in which women cannot be pastors. Um, they cannot be lead pastors. I know of many SBC churches that they have women on staff that serve in a pastor-like role, um, but they don't use the term pastor because of, of their stance. I think that's kind of silly. You know, I, I think that's silly to uh, essentially, hey, you're going to be a pastor, but we're not going to call you a pastor. Now, I am complementarian, but I think that there can be room where you have women who are doing pastoral work, mm-hmm. but aren't the senior pastor. Um, and that goes back to the debate over, you know, who it, it all comes down to who can and can't preach on a Sunday, you know, what the mm-hmm. congregation gathered for mm-hmm. weekly worship. Um, so I'm not going to talk about some of the more controversial things because I don't know what what's fact or fiction. I'm just going mm-hmm. back. I'm, I just want to go to the things I know are fact. Mm-hmm. So she ends up having a change of heart regarding certain doctrines. So. Um, she now believes in infant baptism or pedo baptism, as we call it. So a- Anglicans uh, believe that as well. So she decided to go to the what I believe it's the ACNA, the Anglican Church in North America, which, to my understanding, is the most conservative Anglican uh, uh, network of churches or denomination in North America, period, full stop. Hmm. And <clears throat> there are a number of great scholars that come from um, Anglicanism. Some of the folks that we read, uh, um, you know, uh, oh my goodness. John Stott. John Stott. Um, why can I not think of oh, my dude that had the dope red beard back in the 1800s? Um, oh my goodness. He wrote Holiness. I have the book. I read the book. Uh, Ryle. Uh, J.C. Ryle. Oh, J.C., yeah. yeah. Yep, J.C. Ryle. And a and, um, number of other folks, right? Mm-hmm. So we're not going to – it is conservative evangelical um, denomination. and um, But they're also liturgical. They have a liturgical ca- calendar where they observe um, certain feasts throughout the year and, and stuff that, that we're – pretty much unfamiliar with in our low church evangelical circles. The, the pastors typically, not always, but typically wear robes. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they serve communion and for baptism, they have people that serve and they also wear robes. All right. That's part of it. There are people on Twitter. Someone took a picture of, uh, of Beth Moore aiding in the serving of communion. So she's she essentially is wearing. I did I did a took me like three minutes to look this up. The robe she was wearing was not one of any level of authority in the church. Mm-hmm. It was simply just a robe that they that the people who help out with <laughs> handing out communion wear. Mm-hmm. And people lost their mind and vilified her for oh mm-hmm. now she's going to be a priest in an Anglican church, dude. You can't. You don't just wake up one day and go, "Hey, I'm an Anglican priest." Like right. they they have an extensive process. You have to start mm-hmm. off like there. It takes years to become an Anglican priest, and I don't care if you're Beth Moore or 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 whoever. You don't just walk into the Anglican church and start <sighs> running the place. It's not how it works. It's not how any of this works. Mm-hmm. But people lost their ever loving mind over it. And, and I think there's a degree of misogyny, sexism. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think there's ignorance involved here. It is the most, it is awful. It is 
awful. Here's a woman who has tried to back away as quietly as possible, who has expressed her love and appreciation for the Southern Baptist Convention, and there's a small group of people that is growing who are just looking for every opportunity to, to share with you what grinds their gears about Beth Moore. And, and I'm sick. I'm sick of it, man. Mm. Like, okay. I disagree with her on a couple of theological things. Wonderful. I disagree with most people on theological. Th- you don't have to like, mm. you don't have to tell everybody. Oh, I disagree with so-and-so great. Welcome to the club. What, it, mm. what does that matter? Why are you, she's there serving the Lord, serving the congregation. She's serving up the body of Christ and you're vilifying her for that. Well, here's here's what they would say is, and I think we could call these people like discernment bloggers or whatever. And they I think, are, uh, there's something. Yeah, and <laughs> I think their argument would be, well, we have to because she's got such a such a large platform to which she can deceive people. And a lot of these people would say she's been deceiving people for a long time because you, you originally said she has a high view of scripture, which I agree. Mm-hmm. I think she does. Mm-hmm. But many of these people that are attacking her would, they might not say this, but I, I thoroughly believe that this is how they operate. You can only have a high view of scripture if you agree with me on every interpretation I make from the scriptures. Which which means you hold not to the inerrancy of yeah. the scripture, but the inerrancy of your understanding. Exactly. Of and we as Advent Christians specifically need to be very careful. Like I've even had to kind of come up against this lightly in our own church. Um, you know, because Adam Christians, we just love our soul sleep and, and not, you know, and conditional immortality. We just love it. That's our jam. And we've mm-hmm. just been love being the evangelical black sheep, to, you know, debating that and saying it's in the scriptures, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but we have to understand that there is centuries and a long time of people that take scripture seriously, just like we do, that come to different conclusions. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't you know, um, anyway, it's just, it's just crazy. Um, yeah, but yeah. Um, so that was, that, that was a thing, man. I couldn't get on Twitter for like a week without seeing that picture. Yeah. And no, just, and Catherine's just... right. Exactly. In her comment. And you brought that out. As you said, she wasn't cert- mm-hmm. like administering. She was coming alongside. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, yeah. Um, Mark Wolfington shared that uh, during his time at an SBC seminary, he went to Midwestern. Uh, he met quite a few people who came very close to holding the idea that they, the SBC, are the faithful remnant and the rest are uh, rest of us are liberal heretics. Now, <clears throat> some of us are liberal heretics uh, <laughs> that are outside the SBC, but I'm sure there are liberal heretics within the SBC, too. Um but that, I mean, for many, and that comes down to tribalism, which we've talked about before. If you're not me, then oh, Southwestern. Oh, Southwestern is a little bit liberal, or at least it wasn't. Never mind. Um, I digress. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding, Mark. But of all the Southern Baptist seminaries, I think, uh, anyway. Um, what was I saying before I was insulting Mark? <laughs> I'm just kidding, Mark. Uh, Southwestern, I'm sure, is a terrific school. Uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, just about, like, you know, holding a different interpretation doesn't make you a, a heretic or no, a low view of Scripture. 
No, you know, when we when we're talking about liberal and conservative theology, we're talking about the 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 view and role of scripture and um that's there's more to it, but that that's the long and short of it. So um you know, I, I just Beth Moore, I'm not someone who's benefited from her teaching. Like I've listened to some of her stuff. It's just not my thing. Um, but I'm also not her audience either. Like, like she's, she very much promotes herself to, to teach women. Mm -hmm. um, but anytime I hear an interview or see, see some of her tweets and stuff, like that, she comes to, she comes across to me as someone who's very humble, who loves the Lord. Mm -hmm. Like, like there, like you can't, you can't walk away from Beth Moore and go, Oh, she's a grifter. Like, yeah. no, this woman loves Jesus more yeah, than Yeah, but but Eric, you have to understand if any woman tweets or makes a sound, there's a danger of a man hearing it. Oh my goodness. Said that with sarcasm. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I know that. I there are unfortunately people that whether they say it or not do operate like that. Yeah. And so and even unfortunately she, yeah, even though I, she she has generally, you know, moved around in, in women's ministry, essentially. She's been the face of women's ministry in all honesty. Yeah. Um, but still there's a danger that uh, men might, might be impacted by that. And that's unscriptural. And to which I, as a, I would say a looser complementarian would say that's bunk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you and I are both complementarians and I have commentaries written by women. You know, I had, you know, I, and I think it's important to, you know, have representation. Uh, and I don't, I didn't purchase the commentaries because they were from women. Uh, I purchased them because they were the high, the most highly rated commentaries on a particular book of the Bible. Um, there's great women scholarship out there. We can benefit greatly from listening to anybody. Um, not anybody, but you know what I mean? Like your gender does not dictate on how good of a scholar you can be. Um, but you and I do believe that um, the the role of men and women within the home and within the church is is different. Like that, they have different roles, and and we find that in the scriptures. Now we have um, um, we have people in our denomination in our churches that that disagree. That's fine. We're we're cool with that. We understand. Um, and I think you know what I appreciated. You know, Catherine's in the comment section. She put together some great articles and had conversation with Luke. And I've had personal conversations with Catherine. She loves Jesus and is faithful to the scriptures. Mm -hmm. And it is uh, I is a is a scholar in her own right. Um, but we see it differently, and that and we can still be friends. So you know, it's cool. Um, Meredith said she likes how I say particular. How, there, are, how... there are actually a few words, the way you emphasize different syllables, um, mm -hmm. and, and just some of your accent that that's, yeah, it's fun. Why? How, how, how would you say it, that word? Particular. Excuse me? Particular. So you're saying particular. Kind of more. Yeah. Particular. Well, but that's just, spell. just you, you, the way you say it is, you know, sometimes emphasis is about pace, uh -huh. how you pace the word. Uh -huh. And just, I think you, you pace yourself differently with the word particular. Particular. And some of us just kind of say it a little more particularly different. Particular. How's that? 
<laughs> you're, you're so cute. <laughs> what are some other words I say funny? Man? I don't know. No, I'll, really... I'll keep an eye out. I'll keep an eye <laughs> okay. out. Um, no, it's okay. So, so let's move on to, to Beth Moore. Let's, uh, so I, I said, you know, we're going to be sharing some big news. Um, some big news here on the program mm. and, uh, big news indeed. Mm. Um, Mike has some big news that he'd like to share with everyone. Really? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, what? <laughs> so, um, so I haven't put anything out on social media about this, but um, this past Sunday, I shared with my congregation that I am resigning from my church. So um, I've been here at Hickory Grove for a little over three years. It has been a blessing. And I suggest that it's probably the best church in the whole denomination. Uh, I mean, the, the, the people are awesome. The people are amazing. They have been so loving to my family. Um, so they love the word of God, man. Like, it's almost like, have you ever like not had water all day and like you were doing some physical activity and then you drank the water mm-hmm. and it was almost like your body just soaked it all up. Have you ever felt that way before? Yep. Yeah. That's how my church is with the word of God. Like they, mm-hmm. like you, you teach the word of God. When I teach, they soak in the word, man. It is, um, I've never been around the people co- that love God's word. Um, quite like, quite like my church. So, um, would you say you, they were like that when you came in or you helped develop that within your church? Uh, I think both. So I, so I think there was a hunger and then, Cause, cause my teaching is very, very different. Right. So like comments I receive about my preaching and teaching is this. Um, cause I go, I go, uh, verse by verse, book by book preaching. And the comments I get from people in our church is that pastor, um, you go into so much depth and detail about the passage of scripture and then, and then show how, how it relates to Jesus and how it relates to our life that it's, it, they're just, they love it. They just, they love the depth of the teaching. They love um, my approach to teaching and preaching, um, which I don't think is any, it's not anything novel. I just, I preach the way that, you know, I've been taught to preach, which is expositionally being faithful to the scriptures, um, giving people the word of God and not just some practical wisdom. Um, although practical wisdom can be gleaned from the scriptures, um, it's primarily a spiritual activity that takes place when you're preaching God's word. So um, I think that as that, so, so, so they're ready for it. They're hungry. And then as they've been exposed and, and digested that food, that nourishment, mm. they've grown to love it. They've grown to love it even more. So um, it's uh, I, I couldn't ask for anything better, man. I mean, I love these people. They've been so good to our family. But, um, you know, so, so we're leaving, uh, in April. So my last day is going to be March 31st. And, uh, so a couple of things, and I shared this with the church. So one, you know, we got some, Rob and I are both from the same area in Massachusetts. Um, so we have family there, you know, she earlier this year lost her grandmother. Um, I lost my mom back in 2020, um, not COVID related by the way. Um, and, it was just, it's been a really trying time for us. And we have other family that, that I think really need us around for health reasons and, and all kinds of other things. Um, 
and I, I, so I have a house. I, I, uh, essentially I'm going through the process of finally getting it in my name, but my sister and I inherited two homes, uh, when my mom passed away. So my, my sister's taking one and I'm taking the other. So we're going to move back into my childhood home. So I'm living out every millennial's dream. I'll be living in my mother's basement. Um, <clears throat> I say living because that's going to be my office. So, uh, it's going to be the basement. So, uh, but, uh, secondly, we have sensed a call to plant a church up there. So, um, and not just a church, but, uh, my hope is that we plant, uh, a church that plants churches, that plants churches, that plants churches. So, um, I've had some conversation with, with, uh, folks like yourself and, and Bigford and, and many others, um, and, and I'm very excited about the prospect of partnering in some kind of way. We're trying to figure out what that looks like with ACGC and, and other folks, because ACGC wants to emphasize church planting. Um, and they are looking for, um, for, for men and women who sense a call into church planting. So if you know someone who sends a call into church planting, I'm sure um, the folks up at ACGC would be happy to talk to you. So, um, so I've had some, some conversation there. And, uh, I can't get into all the, all the deets. Uh, you know, I'm always, I'm always an open book, but I always try and be a little bit more careful with the conversation, the private conversations I have with people. But, um, our intent is to, is to start out of, uh, out of my home and, um, kind of do things a little bit differently. So, um, we intend to plant a church. Why are you looking at me that way? I know why you're looking at me that way. I don't want to, ah, I, I want to share, but then I don't want to share because then I know, I know you're going to mock me. Then Vic's going to mock me. And, <laughs> no, and no, then share, Tom's going to mock me. Everybody's yeah. just going to mock me. Everybody's going to mock me. You're the reason, Mike, I have to get like 15 degrees to feel good about myself. Um, so, <laughs> so, um, my sister in the comment section asking if, if she can mock me. Um, Bigford sarcastically saying, I would never mock you. Um, I wake up every day to mocking messages from, from Nathaniel. Um, it, it, it's what drives me. Um, so we're, so our, my view of church planting um, isn't, isn't the big like, Hey, let's spend $250,000 and, and try and pull all these different, um, Christians from all these, you know, let's, let's launch with 75 people and, and all this other stuff. I don't see that, man. Like I just, I read the scriptures and then I think practically about the mission of God in sharing the gospel and seeing people come to faith. And I go, yeah, that's, I, I don't get the warm and fuzzy about that approach. Um, so my approach, which Mike alluded to earlier is the correct approach, uh, <laughs> the way of Eric and the apostles, um, is, is to, to be, have a more intimate gathering. So, um, I, I feel convictionally that it's important for us to have communion, uh, every week. So, so not only to have the Lord's table, but I want to include, a more conversational style, a more intimate style of worship that would include a meal in, in as part of the worship gathering. So a meal, the Lord's table, um, singing of songs, prayer, and, and, and preaching and teaching. So we're going to do that out of my house for a period of time. Uh, you know, <clears throat> we don't have a strict timeline as far as like, oh, we're going to do this for six months. And then I have more set like, hey, once we hit this threshold or this goal and, and all that, then we'll move on to the next step. But after um, <clears throat> after that, we my 
my goal is to move to a uh, public space, which I've already kind of, um, I've already kind of picked out. So I was a member of an American Legion in the next town over. Um, we can use their hall at a, at a <coughs> lower reduced cost. Um, and it's in smack dab in the middle of the community. I'd be embedded already with like these opportunities to serve the community, to serve the, particularly the veterans um, community. And uh, it's, it's just kind of like a, a great missional opportunity for us. So my intent is not for us to like grab people from, you know, 10 or even several different um, churches and try to launch big. Um, our goal is to be intentionally bivocational. Um, be embedded in the community and <clears throat> plant a church by proclaiming the gospel, by seeing people come to know Jesus. So by planting a church with new Christians, with people who <clears throat> newly come to Christ or people who are maybe on the margins, who are maybe like, maybe they have like a kind of nominal faith. They don't really, they don't really have much meat to the bones and they're not, and, and they haven't really had, maybe there's a, a skepticism of the church or what that looks like. So we can kind of integrate those kinds of people together and, and demonstrate what it, what it means to live for Jesus and to live in community with one another. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that sounds great. Thank you. Um, yeah. So we share with the church. So you can be in prayer for our church. It's, it was shocking to, to many. Um, and it's, it's difficult. Like I think there's a mix of sadness, but also excitement, um, I think the church is excited because they see that we're going back to family and they know how important that is, at least for themselves. And, and they know it's important for us. Um, <clears throat> but also the opportunity to plant a new work. I mean, that's just, uh, we don't have a yeah. great track record as a denomination in that. In, in yeah. Well, transitions like this, <clears throat> especially where you're leaving, not under negative, like nothing's blowing up and, you know, and you're on a downturn or anything. So leaving when, when things are, are good is always mm -hmm. awkward because you want to like, let's say I was in your congregation. I'd be like, I want to be happy for him, you know, because he's a great guy, great pastor, great husband, great leader. He's done so many good things. He's obviously got this call. It's, it's almost like when somebody says, well, God told me this, how do you argue with that? But still, I kind of wish he was, he was staying type of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm, I'm happy and excited for what God's going to do and possibly doing. But at the same time, we're left here with a, with a hole, you know, and, of someone who, who we have loved. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, it, it's almost like when I, before I became pastor, um, the, you know, the, my predecessor, I wouldn't say that like things were necessarily blowing up. Um, but like I had to hold down the fort after an 18 year long ministry ended, mm -hmm. you know, and people were went through a gamut of emotions like, well, why this, why that? And there, there's never, ever going to be full understanding or, and not everyone's going to be satisfied with the answer, but mm -hmm. at least in here, I think you've been clear enough with your passion for talking church planting that this isn't an entirely su big surprise yeah. that God might be leading you in this direction. And I think, you know, so before we came to Hickory Grove and I shared this, <clears throat> I shared this years ago when I came to the church, like I had, I had started developing plans on like what a church plant would look like and all this other stuff. But one of the things that I didn't have was the confidence. 
uh, to be able to do it, you know? So I just, I kind of at one time thought like church planting is the kind of thing that like, Oh, that's like the super pastor or like super Christian that does that kind of thing. And as I've studied, as I've wrestled and like, that's not the case. You just have to be wired for it. And, you know, someone shared with me this morning. They said, you know, I can, I see the gifting that God has given you. I think, I, th- I think church planting aligns more with what your gifting is than being the pastor of, of an established church. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and they weren't saying anything about my ability as a pastor here. Um, they're just saying like the alignment of gifts and, and I think they're right. Like I, I love our church. Our church has been wonderful. And I think churches would be healthier if pastors left before things got bad. Like if they left when things were good and it wasn't being forced out or anything like that. But, you know, if I stayed here for another five or 10 years and disobeyed what I think is what I believe to be a calling of the Lord, then, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to grow weary. I'm going to grow this There's just going to be a lot of stuff. And then that's going to affect my ability to pastor, to preach, to care for the congregation. And, and that's just not a recipe for success in or faithfulness. So um, I think it's better for us to, to do it now when, you know, th- we're kicking off. We just, we're, we just built a brand new playground. We're about to build a, a basketball court with a big, uh, big pavilion. Um, so we just, we're about to f- complete a half million dollar uh, building project that we didn't have to take a loan out for. Hmm. Um, we have hundreds, I'm not exaggerating here, hundreds of homes that are being put up on the road that we are situated on and across the street from us. Um, we are actively uh, serving our community and looking for, looking for more ways to serve our community. And, and people are meeting with one another and discipling each other. Like there's just so much good going on. Um, like to me, I go, okay, well, my work has changed. <laughs> you know, my work here is, you know, this is, this is, just, this is super healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, it pains me to leave. Cause I really, I love these people. And I love the area. I get so many connections, not only in the church, but outside the church. Um, like I told my hockey team, my, my disabled veterans hockey team last night that I'm leaving and um, you know, they're happy for us, but they're sad to see us go too. So um just one of those things, man. I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm excited, but but it is it, it is uh, it's sad. So uh, I'll share more about the the church plant and what we're working on and all that as as the time time goes on, and we'll probably end up talking about it on the podcast quite a bit because we often talk about our personal lives and ministry lives and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's uh, it's exciting. Awesome. And I'm just, I'm just happy you have this kind of clarity too. you know, to be able to leave when things are healthy as well. Yeah. Cause not, you know, oftentimes what, you know, you don't think about, you know, how do you know it's time to go if things, when things are good, Mm -hmm. you know, you oftentimes only think of a transition when either a better opportunity arises or, or there's some sort of conflict that makes you reassess. Mm-hmm. So I think that's awesome, and you're—I think in many ways you're very blessed by the Lord to have that kind of clarity. Right, uh, now. I agree. I agree, and the opportunity. I mean, like yeah. I sat down and I was talking with Matt Larkin about it, and and this was 
several months ago now. And I was just kind of like outlining, like, here's, here's my personal situation. Like, so, so I've, I, I've sensed this calling. Um, here's, here's this stuff going on. And then I get to the point where I say, now, how does this work out practically? Cause I'm a very practical person, right? Like, like I just, the practical side of ministry, I feel like it, uh, I love doing theology. I love studying theology, but based on my training in the military, like I try to think very practically. So I look at my situation. Robin was like, Hey, I want to go back to work full time. Okay. What's that going to look like? Well, now we're going to send our kids to pagan school because they do not want daddy as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not, <clears throat> and, and that's because daddy doesn't have the patience to teach them. So we're going to send them to pagan school. And then I start thinking like, okay, so Rob is not going to make as much money as I make uh, as a pastor here, but uh, how do we, how can we make up some of that income gap? Well, we're going to be moving into a house that we're not paying nearly as high a mortgage on as we are here. Um, we'll have equity in our home. Um, there'll be opportunities for me to do little stuff here and there, but I also have a GI bill that I help pay a little bit for about a year. Um, so I'll be able to make up some of those gaps, but I go, man, we need to plant churches in this specific area. Like we need to plant churches in new England, hundred percent. Um, you ask, you go to any church planting agency in, in North America. And one of the places, one of the key places they are emphasizing is new England. Um, okay. So let's plant in new England. Well, no one has a lot of money to plant churches in our denomination. Like just you look, you look at the finances of, of your regions and your conferences, and there's just not a lot of money laying around there in New England. You go, okay, well, how do you do it cheaply? Because most, most people, when they think church planting, they think the launching big model, the spending $250,000, the launching with 75 people. The majority of our churches have less than 50 people. So we can't just you know, splinter off and start a church that way. So how do you do it? Okay. Well, you got to be creative. You got how, and I think God uses those means to help direct how we're thinking about doing this uh, as far as it's biblical. And I go, man, I got a, uh, I got a house that that's worth $350,000. I've inherited in an area. We need to plant churches. That's also near another Advent Christian church, which it's not like here in where I live. In, in North Carolina, where we have um, a dozen, <laughs> maybe half a dozen to a dozen um, Evan Christian churches in a single town, um, you'll often drive an hour or more without being in a place that's even near an Evan Christian church, in, in Massachusetts at least. So it's near another Evan Christian church. So you kind of have that support of fellowship there. Um, and you can... You, you just have some of these resources. You know, I have the ability because I'm a veteran to um, utilize a place like uh, an American Legion Hall that's going to be at a reduced cost. It's also a brand new facility. So it's not going to be your typical dingy and dungy, <laughs> dungeon looking, um, you know, hall that they have. Um, you start looking at some of these things and you go, okay, this is a really unique opportunity. Um, the, the, so, and you start seeing how this will, this will, uh, this will work out. You know, it'll hopefully, Lord willing, it'll work out financially. We certainly have some of the opportunity, you know, some of those other things to, to make it happen. Um, 
you know, I've started working on like a funding plan. I think I've shared it with you, like looking to looking to kind of crowdfund, crowd crowdsource this uh, this endeavor. Uh, and most of those finances would actually go. So like, I drafted a, a budget, like a, a preliminary budget that would be thirty uh, percent would go to partnerships, which would include like a separate church planting fund, United Ministries, um, and, and all that kind of stuff. You know, um, giving money to denominational entities. A, a, a lot of the money would go towards that, that the feeding of the people, like like those meals that would happen for 52 weeks out of the year, those kinds of things. Um, at like kind of the second phase of our funding, that's when I would start drawing a small small paycheck. Um, but you can do it. You can do it if you don't have some of the overhead costs that are associated with with what we think of a big, huge launch of a church. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we'll see what happens. Cool. Where in New England? Um, yeah, so we're going to start off in, in Oxford, uh, Massachusetts, which is my hometown, which is where my house is. But the intention is to is to start off in my house for, for a period of time until we can go into um, a public space which I mentioned earlier would be the American I've identified. I've not talked to that, that post, that American Legion post yet, but based on their constitution, which of course I, I got when I, when I became a member there and I was the chaplain for about a year um, that we'd be able to use essentially members have access to it for free. I would, I would suggest that we not use it for free if we're going to use it that frequently. Um, but there's most of most American legions have, have largely old people. Um, old people can't care for facilities the same way they would when they were 35, 40 years old. So it might be an opportunity for us to, to serve, um, to serve that post in, in, in very missional ways. So if you've read, if you read my first book, if you, uh, if you've heard me talk about how to do discipleship and evangelism, this essentially is, is kind of like an outflowing of my missional thinking for the last several years. So, um, I pray, I pray it's in the Lord's will. You know, I pray that I'm being obedient to him. And, um, if I am, I pray that he, he blesses it mightily and, and he might bless it by just seeing one person come to know Jesus. And if that's, if, if that's what happens, that's a win, man. Mm -hmm. Um, so cool. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah. So if, uh, if you want to know more, you can always email me at Pastor Eric Reynolds at gmail.com. Uh, spelled with a K, though. E-R-I-K. So Pastor Eric Reynolds at gmail.com. Be happy to talk with you. Send send information that I've that I've put together over the last several months. Because um, I have to really put things down on paper to think through them. And I have people like Mike and Bickford and some other folks look at them, tell me I'm stupid. And then I go back and fix the things that they thought were stupid. So, <laughs> Or tell them they're stupid. So, <clears throat> but I would never tell Mike he's stupid. He's brilliant. He's oh, a brilliant you. man with a beautiful, luscious beard. <laughs> um, so, yep, that's it, Mike. That's that's all I got. So awesome. Yeah. Uh, you got anything before we uh, before we head off? You probably got to pick your kids up here in a few minutes. Nope, I'm good. You're good as in you're not having to pick your kids up from school, or you're good as in I'm good as we we can end it. Okay. 
All right. Well, thank you everyone for joining us. It has been a pleasure um, and happy new year. So we will see you next Tuesday. Same bat time, same bat place. Particularly. <laughs>